Really? Are you, are you serious? Tell me the truth. The truth? It's only a story. It's not real. It's only a story. Are you serious? This may very well be for real. It's not real, Peter. It's a hallucination. For real? Now lighten up. We've been sitting there all serious and shit. For real? But what am I talking about? Let's get real here. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Are you serious? Are you serious right now? For real? What is real? How do you define real? That's when you know it's for real. Get it? Know that, son. Know that. It's for real. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to For Real, our podcast about documentaries. I'm Matt. I'm Special K. And here we go yet again. Uh, K, how's uh, how's life treating you? Good. I keep hearing an angry baby in the background over there. I'm not sure if you're torturing <laughs> her or... <laughs> no, it's the other way around. She's torturing us. Um, oh, yeah. no, yeah, no, she's fine. It's good. It's, uh, yeah, I can't complain, man. It's life's good. Life's really good, man. How about you? Oh, life's good over here, man. Uh, I wish, I wish just, uh, this winter would let go. I feel like spring <laughs> is just never going to happen. Yeah. It's just this, but, but winter's got its, got its claws sunk in deep and is not, not releasing anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be over soon enough. It's it's gonna get nice and warm, and it'll be, then it'll be beautiful times. Then it'll be then it'll be too hot, and they'll be complaining about how hot it is. Yeah, that's that's the that's where I want to get to. All right, I'm ready to start complaining about how hot I am all the time. <laughs> uh, why is it in the Midwest? It's either one extreme or the other. There's like two weeks out of the year where it's bearable to live out here, and then the rest of the time it's just just garbage. Why do we why do we subject yeah, ourselves was- to this? Well, you know, yeah, well, first of all, I agree. I mean, I think anybody living in a winter environment where like it snows and ice and has to, they have to deal with that stuff, like there's some kind of like a sadomasochism to it because it just doesn't make any sense. Like it's just not, humans aren't meant to live in that environment. So the, the fact that we're, we're challenging mother nature is, is why we keep getting smacked down probably. But um, I was just talking the other day, I was like, you know, I'm, I remember back in the day, like, December's were like cold and snowy, and then by March it was like nice outside. Like not like nice, nice, but it was like you could go outside, you know, wear like a light light jacket, sweater weather, you know, kind of situation. A little rainy maybe, but overall okay. And now it like it snows in April. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like sometimes it's hot in December. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's uh this this is this this is what we get for not listening to Bill Nye when he was talking about global warming. He's been trying to warn us for decades yeah but yeah listen chicken little listen he had my vote uh as soon as he showed me how to how to use a a potato as a battery all right (laughs) we should right then we should just put him in charge he's got this shit locked down yeah i remember i heard somewhere and it's like an internet fairy tale thing i don't know but i don't think he actually has like any kind of uh like doctorate or anything like i don't think he's like a He's not. He hasn't really gone through a lot of academia. I mean, I guess maybe now at this point he has, but back when he was Bill Nye the Science Guy when he first started out, he he didn't really have the academic credentials that you would expect someone of his caliber to have. Mm. But it just goes to show, man. You don't the time, times they are changing. I'm gonna have to look into that. I refuse to accept that it's not Doctor Bill Nye the Science Guy. I mean, it might be now. This might have to be a. 
a fact check for next episode, but I don't, I don't, I don't think he's a, he's an actual doctor of anything. All right, I'm making a note right now, so that so that next episode, I remember to look this up beforehand. I will not, ha- I'll not have you besmirch Bill Nye. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I might have just co-opted the Matt fact situation here, and that might, that might be a, I gotta think of a catchy name for my lies, but yeah, that's gonna, it's, it's like a special K Matt fact right there. You know, when I, when I, when I did the, uh, the episode of, of talking smack with our, our occasional guest, Josh Scar, I, I definitely, mm-hmm. he, he called for a Matt fact. Uh, oh, really? And, and I gave it and it was actually correct. So you missed it. Oh, so it was just a fact fact. Yeah. Yeah. I was, he's like, he said, he goes, Rare? he goes, well, you know a lot of stuff about animals. And I said, well, I pretend to know a lot of stuff about animals. I don't know if I, <laughs> I frequently don't know if I'm actually telling the truth or not, but the argument was You're like, <laughs> go ahead. The argument was, do penguins have wings or flippers? Wings. They're birds. That's what I said. He, yeah, uh, that's, yeah, that's, he disagreed. He disagreed. And, uh, I had to pull out my encyclopedia like knowledge of penguins. You you're like the bootleg American version of the crocodile hunter. You know that. <laughs> you know what I mean. You're like the janky like the the Amazon ripoff. You know, somebody orders the the crocodile hunter, and they get you. you know, you're, <laughs> you're you're everyone, it'll work it once in a while. Like it, it can get the job done as far as the animal facts go, but it's it's going to be wrong most of the time. It's just not going to be quite what you thought you're getting. Listen, you will never see me wrestle an apex predator. Just <laughs> FYI, I would I would be dead instantly because I would just freeze up and fall over. Oh, anyway, man. speaking of apex predators, <laughs> yes. Speaking of apex predators, uh, so this week we're doing episodes, conversations with the killer, the John Wayne Gacy tapes. IMDb calls this. This is like the shortest, most. Basic description I've ever heard. Never before heard audio from in the interrogation of serial killer John Wayne Gacy threads through this chilling look at his 1970s murder spree. Now, how familiar are you with John Wayne Gacy? All right. So as our listeners, oh, first of all, I would say, I'm sorry, no expert. I would say fairly familiar with the story, um, and I don't know. And I'm, actually, it's a good question. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to kind of spin it back on you here, but I don't know if it's because he's that prolific in the serial killer. You know, like I feel like there's like um, there's like a top tier, and I, I, this is all sounds like very bad, and it's probably in really bad taste. But let's be real here. There's like a tier of serial killers um, that are like. Um, I don't want to yeah. say legends because I'm not trying to praise these people, but like there's like certain ones that are like top tier, like yeah. top shelf. You know what I mean? And I think him, Bundy, Dahmer, I mean, these are guys that are like considered to be like real top tier serial <laughs> yeah. killers. Um, but I don't know how much of that is because that's real or if that's a regional thing, because as our listeners probably know by now, if you're not aware, we are from the Midwest. So John Wayne Gacy's crimes occurred not too too far from where um, where we grew up and everything. So I don't know if it's because like regionally it was such a huge thing that he's such a bigger deal. I, I don't know. I, mean, I guess I'd be I'd be curious to know like what in the Northwest they think or the Southeast they think about if they know anything about Gacy. You know, I mean, I, th- I think like 
murdering wise, I I I guess I did a little research. He's got he's got high numbers. Okay, right? he's, high body he, count. He's got a high body count, so I think he might be just universally universally known. So let's get into this. We're gonna okay. So let's just say this this documentary. It's the first episode, three three part documentary. It really jumped around his history a lot. I had to write mm-hmm. out the notes and then go back and put them in some semblance of an order. So, uh, and we all know this is that's not my strong suit. <laughs> But uh, our story starts in 1967. Uh, John Wayne Gacy is married. He's got two children. And he's running uh, three Kentucky Fried Chickens in Waterloo, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, his father-in-law I bought them. I didn't know that. I didn't know that about him, that uh, he ran Kentucky Fried Chickens. I did, that, that part of it I didn't know. That was news to me, and I'm sure KFC is probably not very happy with this. Yeah, I mean they say they say this is just bad press. I think this qualifies as bad press. <laughs> I don't think you want this kind of attention. That's like the worst press. Yeah. But luck, luckily, he didn't commit any actual murders during the time he was working at KFC, as far as anybody knows. I mean, unless you count being accomplice to heart disease. But yes, yeah, I guess I guess his body count was probably higher when he was in charge of the KFC. <laughs> So he's running a bunch of, of, of KFCs out there in Iowa, and uh, he was described as like friendly and competent, and like he was getting paid. And at the time, it was a shit ton of money. I, it, it came it came up to like one hundred thirty four thousand dollars in today's money. Mm. Uh, and he was living at his in laws' old house, and it was kind of just understood that they were going to buy it, and everything was everything seems to be going right in John Wayne Gacy's life at this point. Until he started uh, kind of letting his demons run wild. So he, one of his young co-workers and his friends were all hanging out at the KFC talking about they're going to go to a party the next day. Well, John Wayne Gacy invited them all over to drink and play pool at his house the day before they left. I don't have any, I'm not, I'm not listing anybody's names as the victims, except for the, the mm-hmm. main part of the story because there's just, there's a lot of them. Anyway, so... They all come over, they're drinking, they're playing pool, they're having a good time, everything's going fine, and uh, they they invite John Wayne Gacy up to this party they're heading to the next day. He accepts, and the two two of the boys decide they're going to leave his young co-worker to sleep over at John Wayne Gacy's house, and uh, the next day, he was going to kind of direct John Wayne Gacy up there. The we're, I'm just calling him the boy. Uh, the boy, he was 18 years old, but 18, I don't care what you, what legality says. That's a, that's a child. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, legality says it's a, it's a man, it's an adult, but okay. Yeah. Okay. The young man. Okay. The young man said he didn't want to spend the night there, but he kind of felt like he was being pressured to. And he, he, so he said, yes. So him and John kept playing some pool and the boy was just beating John, like Wayne Gacy, like crazy. And John suggested they play a game, and whoever won, the other one had to perform a sex act on him. And that, those are those are high stakes. Those are That's, those re- are real. Those are you, real high stakes. You don't want to knock in the eight ball in that game. <laughs> so the kid said no. They kind of argued a little bit. John convinces him that it was all a psychological test, and he likes to do these little tests on people to see how they perform under pressure. So the kid says, okay, 
Uh, him and John start talking about stag films, also known as pornographic films. John asked if he'd ever seen one. The kid said no. So John takes him back to this room. He puts on a stag film and he leaves. So the kid's watching the stag film. And John Wayne Gacy comes up behind him with a gun and told him to pull his pants down. And that John was going to perform a sex act on him. Uh, the boy cried. Like he kept crying. And John told him to pull his pants up and, there was, and he should relax. It was just a continuation of the psychological test, blah, 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 blah. The boy relaxed. I'm assuming he must have been pretty drunk at that point because I, I mean, I don't know how you relax after that. Well, and he says that after this happened, he thought, like, he felt safe. He thought he was, like, in the clear. Like, it was, like, he didn't understand what he was doing, this guy was doing, because John kept insisting that it's just all, he's messing with him. I'm just giving you a hard time. But... I don't know, man. Somebody points a loaded gun at me and tells me to take my pants down and waits for me to like actually take my pants down before he lowers the gun. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm 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 out. I'm yeah. bye bye. <laughs> I'm outy, man. I'm not sticking around for that. That's it. I'll, I'll hitchhike. I don't care. That's that's your that's your limit. I'm. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I'm. T- oh, I'm glad I mean, I'm, listen, you point a. You point a loaded gun at me, and that's it. <laughs> I'm okay. done. Like the whole like the proposition playing fucking pool or whatever. Like I'd be like, all right, dude, that's strange as hell. Like, what? You know, but maybe he's fucking around. He's drinking. He's drunk. I don't know. I've never experienced that in my life, but I, I, I guess I don't know. And so no, but the 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 putting the, the putting the porn on and saying, hey man, watch this. I'm gonna leave you to watch this. That's that's weird. And you don't know this dude. And then no, as soon as the gun comes out, no, nah, that's it. That's it. I mean, there's a lot of red flags ahead of that, but that's that's game over. I'm out of yeah. there. I mean, yeah. So, John and the kid decide they're going to bed. They go to their separate rooms. The kid lays down, and uh, he said while he was laying there, he suddenly felt a hand on his thigh, and it was John Wayne Gacy, and he, had pressed, he was pressing a knife to the kid's throat. And John said, you know, same thing. You're going to perform a sex act on me, or vice versa. I don't know what the exact verbiage was eventually the, like I said the kid was crying again John said he was kidding and uh, it's just you know, crazy shit like uh, it just goes to show you some of these guys really think they are smarter than everyone uh, the next morning they the kid said he didn't go to sleep the rest of the night he sat up and waited till 6 o'clock he banged on John's door he said okay it's time to go we're leaving and uh, they're driving back or they're driving to the party and John told him he was kidding again and uh, when the kid Seemed like he was still mad about it. John told the kid, "Hey, uh, just so you know, if I hear any, if you, I hear you repeat, repeat what happened last night, or tell anybody about it, I have somebody up in that area that all I have to do is give him a phone call, and he'll come and kill you." Which apparently was enough to keep the kids quiet. I mean, I this guy who runs three KFCs in Waterloo, Iowa, is connected to the Chicago mob or something. I mean, I just. Yeah, I think it was probably more of the stigma. It's probably more of the shame and the just, just, just like nothing, nothing happened. Let's just move past, you know, move past with your life. Yeah. Um, well, and yeah, that's I mean, a, a a common theme with this is that John Wayne Gacy he would constantly talk himself up and pretend like he had a lot more connections and that he was smarter than everybody else and whether or not he was in, he obviously was at least borderline intelligent because he got away with this stuff for for so long, but. Obviously, he wasn't smart enough because he. Uh, well, I was gonna say, do you? But let me ask you this though: Do you think it was a matter of him being smart enough, or do you think he was just he he took advantage of the of the times, right? Like obviously back then, 
the technology of just every, like GPS and cell phones and and forensics. Everything was so basic, so primitive, so primitive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, like as this documentary skip ahead a little bit, like all of a sudden they start realizing that there's all these other kids. Well, I guess I'm, I'm skipping way ahead. Yeah, okay, I'm not gonna skip that far ahead. And I, I think he was, I think he was taking advantage of the times. As most of the serial killers in that in that area in that age. The only reason they got away with it as long as they did was because there's no forensics involved. I mean, think about Richard Ramirez. And that's mm-hmm. all, all it is, is that these guys, they got away with it because the technology was primitive and they weren't getting seen doing these things. But it doesn't matter because shortly after this, John Wayne Gacy was arrested for sexual assault on a 15-year-old boy. while he And then he was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Right before sentencing, his wife came up and served him divorce papers. And John Wayne Gacy said that was the last time he saw his wife and his children ever again. Mm-hmm. which probably was the best thing they could have hoped for out of the arrangement. Um, well, I mean, all things, all things considered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I'd guess say so in the long run, she probably made the right choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Wayne Gacy was sentenced to 10 years and he served 18 months. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you feel about that? Well, I mean, I don't know. That's kind of pretty common, you know, <laughs> in our justice system, you get these, People they get these big sentences and then actually it's, I mean they serve less than whatever. And I mean now I think that's changed. They have like truth and sentencing and for certain crimes I think his would fall in the category of like no something like this you're gonna have to serve the full hundred percent or eighty. I don't think a lot of states have like eighty five percent or seventy five percent of what you're sentenced to or whatever. I, I mean I don't know. I mean I, I, it's it's. It's one of those things where I understand in his, like I said, for his case and what he was convicted of. No, I mean, of course not. He should, he should have served the 10 years, yeah. if not longer. But I understand though the importance, or I guess the, I shouldn't say the importance, the value of having a system where people can um, conceivably get out early. Yeah. Or, I mean, and, and the way the documentary lays it out is he's very active in prison. It didn't sound like he was, too much of a troublemaker. I know there was the whole, like, there was the one, um, not that it's nothing, I'm trying to minimize it, but yeah, uh, he attacks the homosexual or whatever. But, uh, I mean, I think that it's good that people have an opportunity to earn their way out early, which it seems like he was trying to do by being involved in the JCs and being a cook and being in the choir, <laughs> apparently, and shit. So, I mean, I guess it's good that while they're in there, they're showing signs of reformation. But there's got to be a better system because clearly he didn't get reformed. If anything, well, this I think what was crazy it, was you know, that he 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 went. They sent him to a shrink, and the shrink said he was a psychopath. And they still were like, uh, "Okay, 18 months is good." Let me just say that Kay did mention this during his 18 months there. He won Man of the Year in his prison. Uh, uh, he's in charge of a what a weird which, what a, what a weird award to have in a prison. Yeah, how do how do they vote for that? Like, what's the? Yeah. I I don't get it. He was head cook in his kitchen in the kitchen. He ran a Toys for Tot thing in the choir. Everybody was like real impressed with how he was behaving himself. And like, I mean, I he guess, did he he did a he did a fucking news. Like interview where they're like, "Hey, John, tell us about the kitchen and how long you plan, how long you plan on staying." And yeah, like, what? <laughs> this guy yeah. was literally in prison for sodomy. You know what I mean? Which is just sexual assault of a child, I guess, in in Iowa at the time. So it's yeah. like, what, what? What are we doing here, people? You know, like again, good for. I mean, I'm not trying to praise the guy, but good for him for doing like positive things, I guess, with his time. You know, he could be doing like drugs and killing people in prison. 
So it, it seemed like he was, he at least was acting and pretending like he was trying to reform. Yeah. But he, he I held mean, off on the murder until he got out of prison. Yeah. That, but, I mean, which was nice of him, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they're already locked up. You don't have to murder them too. They had enough bad things going for him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just, I found it crazy that with a psychopathic uh, diagnosis from a, a shrink and the rape of a rape of a 15 year old, he only got 18 months, but that's just me. I'm sure things like that still happen. Uh, well, I think it would, it would probably just goes to show that there's a lot more diagnosable psychopaths in the world than you realize. Yeah. <laughs> that they're just all among us and there's just too many of them to, uh, you know, keep Lock them all up. locked up in, in cages. Yeah. So now we're skipping ahead to Chicago, 1978. John Wayne Gacy is now a handyman in Chicago. Uh, Robert Peast, age 15, he was working in a, uh, a grocery shop with, his, with a female employee. Uh, he lent the female employee his coat because she was working the register. It was right up by the door, and she was cold. So at one point he came up, and there's a contractor in the store that was going around. He was doing some measurements and everything else, trying to figure out how to do something in there. They never really quite got into what. Yeah. I think he was working out an estimate to bid a job or something for some kind of renovation that the store. Yeah. Wanted. But I uh, think he was, I think he was installing a crawl space. Oh, great. <laughs> the contractor was in fact, John Wayne Gacy, John Wayne Gacy went outside. Uh, Robert peace ran up to his female employee and he said, Hey, uh, can I get my jacket back? I want to go back out there and, and, and talk to this contractor about getting a job. She said, okay. Uh, while she was wearing his coat, she had stuck a receipt inside of the pocket. So she gave the coat back to him. He went outside and was never seen alive again. So the police, you know, two days passed. They started looking into it. And uh, they figure out everybody who's in the store, including John Wayne Gacy. So they called him up. They said, hey, we need you to come in for some questioning. He gave the, I'm real busy. I can't make it in. And they said, well, you need to come in. He said, okay, I'll be there when I be there. I'll be there when I am. The first time he showed up was at 1 a.m. covered in mud. Also, his vehicle was covered in mud, which was kind of a weird, I feel like that was a weird thing to mention because it doesn't really tie into anything else in the story. I think uh, they're foreshadowing. Ah, uh, well, obviously you show up at 1 a.m. You're not going to meet the detective that's working the day shift looking for this kid. So nobody was there. They told him to come back. He shows up again the next day. The cops asked him a bunch of questions. He talked to him. They they got a search warrant for his house, even though he wasn't really. They said at the time they didn't really have any. I guess beyond the fact that he was the last person the kid talked to before disappearing, have a lot of information as to why they needed to look into him. They got a warrant for his house. Well, I think it's. His- well, I think it's because they did the background check on him and discovered his conviction in Iowa. That coupled with do- the fact that he was the last one to see him. They didn't. They didn't find that out until the next day. Like they really? talked to him, and, th- and then they found out. Yeah. Then how did they get the search warrant? I don't remember how they got the search warrant. Then uh, I think it was just because the kid was the last one he talked to, and it was nineteen sixty-seven. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you could point enough. it. I don't know. They got the either way. They got the search warrant for this guy's house. They go wow. in. Uh, they found a bunch of sex toys, torture implements, uh, mm. and books about pedophilia. Also, bits of IDs that belonging to other people, which mm-hmm. I feel like. Just finding that stuff, they should have just fucking locked him up and called it a day, personally. 
Well, uh, oh yeah, I mean, listen, all the stuff that he found, like the the implements and all that shit. Yeah, that I mean, that's so creepy. The IDs, I mean, he could try to explain that shit away. I'm not trying to sound like his fucking defense attorney, but I mean, I don't, I don't. Uh, yeah, so they, they didn't find any bodies. They didn't find any evidence that uh, John Wayne Gacy had done anything to this kid, but they t- they started watching. They started watching, and they started keeping an eye on him. And then it came to light the uh, sodomy charge. And not only were they watching him, they actually told him, hey, we're going to be on you 24-7. Everything you do, everywhere you go, we're going to be right there behind you watching everything you do. What they're trying to do what is do you, aggravate him into slipping up, I think. What do you think about that tactic? So, I mean, they, they said, like they like you, like you mentioned, they like at first they tried to be coy about it and try to be secretive, all secret squirrel shit. But he was, he spotted, I think this is like in a day that he realized they were trailing him. And then after that, they decided, well, we're just going to be very upfront and honest with them and just tell them like, we're, we're going to watch you 24 seven, where everywhere you go, we go. And then like, they became, I mean, like his, his escort. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they, they yeah. ate breakfast with him. I mean, they went everywhere he went, they went. So um, what do you think about that tactic? I mean, it ended up working for them. So did it? I get, Yeah. If, if they hadn't been doing that, then, like, I don't think they would have caught him as quickly. Uh, uh, I, I, th- I, it, I, I thought that when they were explaining the tactic on the on the documentary, I'm like, that is dumb. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's it seemed to work out for them. While they're watching him, the police are also going into his background. They're discovering that a lot of boys that were working with him or in some way had contact with him had disappeared over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're mostly young, slim boys with sandy hair, which apparently was his his thing. During this time, Gacy was in contact with his lawyers. And he was he was you know telling the police were harassing him. They were interrupting his business, and uh, the the lawyers started working on an injunction to stop the harassment. I mean, it was harassment. It's not wrong. Mm-hmm. If he hadn't been guilty, this would have been super shitty. But uh, luckily, he was. So. During all this time, like Kay said, they're going, they're going, they're having meals with him. They're talking to him. They're having beers in them after he gets off work. And, which is uh, crazy. Which yeah, is which that it, part is. I mean, that's a sign of the times. You can't get that shit today. Yeah. But you can't get away with that today. But uh, yeah, this guy suspected yeah. suspected of kidnapping a child, uh, kidnapping a kid. Let's let's have some beers with them. Let's have some talk about it over breakfast. And uh, yeah, shoot the shit. Talk talk about talk about the bears or whatever the fuck they're talking about. I, I don't understand it. But the cops, uh, they should get some sort of award just for their acting because I'm sure they were just, they were pot. I'm sure they were sure that he had done it and were also disgusted by him, but somehow mm-hmm. managed to hide that because I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how you can hide that. So John became very comfortable with the police presence, and he actually started like took to inviting them into his into his home to show them he had nothing to hide. One of the parts that was interesting was one of the victims was missing a television and a radio. So the guy in charge of the investigation told the police officers, hey, if he invites you into his house again, take a look around, see if you see either of those things. Mm-hmm. So two cops get invited into his house. One makes an excuse how he has to use the bathroom. Uh, he goes in the back and he doesn't see the TV or the radio. And you think, well, shit, guess it's game over. But right then the heat kicked on and the officer said he could smell death. Mm-hmm coming from the heating vents. Mm-hmm. Well, they pulled in one of the helpers, John added his contract, one of the employees from John's contracting uh, company. And he told them how he had, he had 
been asked by John to, to dig a straight line in the crawl space underneath his house. And when he was digging in the wrong direction, John, he said John completely lost his shit, was screaming mm-hmm. at him, stomping, jumping around, threw him out as a whole thing. And while they were in there, uh, I'm sorry, when they were in the house, they also noticed they saw the receipt that the girl had tucked into her, into the boy's jacket in the trash mm-hmm. can. So they, defini- they definitively knew that the boy was had been in the house at some point or that John had been with the boy. Let me play devil's advocate for one second. Again, I'm not, please don't misconstrue this as me trying, trying to defend John Wayne Gacy. But I was looking at this from like um, a technical standpoint here. Okay. Again, we know how this ends. Like everybody knows how this ends, right? We know how, what he did and we know what this goes into. So we know like, so in, in, in my mind, like everything that they're doing is justified and I'm glad they caught him and everything. Right. But how legal was it for them to be invited into his house? But then while they're in the house, they start peeking around looking for this TV and this radio. I mean, had they found something, I think you would have had a problem. You would have had a fourth amendment issue because the, the argument would be what did, what did they have permission to be in that bedroom or did they have permission to be in that part of the house? So I think, yeah, they were trying to do something, but that would have been a, it could have potentially been a major overreach. And then the receipt, it's 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 damning. We know it's damning now because we know how it ends. But at the time, isn't that explained away by saying, yeah, I was there and I was doing a bid and I saw it on the ground and I picked it up because I didn't want to – it was like litter on the ground. And I was, you know, trying to make a good impression. I think you love John Wayne Gacy. I do not love John Wayne Gacy. I'm just saying like anytime I watch these documentaries, it's always like we did this thing. It was slam dunk and it was so obvious. And it's like, well, yeah, it is in the back end of it. Yeah, we know it's a slam dunk. And yeah, looking back, hindsight is twenty twenty. That was an obvious indication. But at the same time, you can't just give every okay. Well, just green light everything. Like there's rules, you know. There's stipulations, and we'll, we'll get into towards the end of this episode. Is when I I have um, I don't have a problem, but I just think it's worth a conversation. I guess what I'm trying to say, I don't have a problem with what they did. I just think it's worth having a conversation about what they did and how they how they got to where they got. Yep, I think you love John Wayne Gacy. Oh my God, that's not what I'm uh, saying at all. But the cops managed to get a second search warrant for the house. Right around this time, John is is really feeling the pressure, which I'm sure was what the initial intent, intent was behind telling him he was being followed. John goes to his lawyers, and they're pissed off because they're trying to defend him, and they're, they're realizing that John's lying about a bunch of shit. Like, things that he'd been saying just weren't adding up, and they're realizing that he's full of shit. And uh, his lawyer said, I, I don't want to talk to you if there's just going to be another lie. So John Wayne Casey has this gigantic drink, which apparently he just took straight to the head. You know, tall cup mm-hmm. of, of whiskey, just pounds the whole thing. And then he proceeds to tell the lawyers about everything that he had done. Mm-hmm. And then he fell asleep. Now, I understand mm-hmm. that the lawyer is somewhat obligated to John Wayne Gacy at this point. But how I can't in my brain, I just can't figure out how in the justice system this would work. That the lawyer couldn't just well, call the police and be like, hey, uh, this dude just well, but they did. Well, they did. I mean, they went out. They 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 flagged because you know Gacy insists on leaving. Like he wakes up the next morning because they wait with him all night, and they're like, "Well, we're gonna get you set up with a psychiatrist and and get you committed, essentially, and we'll go from there." But you're gonna sit here all night. So they sat with him all night. When he woke up the next morning, he insisted on leaving, and and so they pulled the cops, his his 
tail into the office and they said, Hey, you, or he tried to leave. And they're like, they told the cops, like, you can't let him leave. If he tries to leave, you got to shoot his tires out. You can't let him leave. I mean, his own defense attorneys were telling the cops, like, you can't let this guy leave. But they, they didn't tell him, they didn't tell the, the cops why. And John but they just can't, left. Though. But they can't. And, and I know, listen, again, I'm not trying to defend this guy, but you sh- they shouldn't. They shouldn't. And I understand what he did was terrible and wrong. And you'd say, like, morally, you know, fuck this guy. And I agree. But legally, you can't. You can't because if you say fuck this guy, then it's fuck everybody. Then it's any time we think somebody's 100% guilty, then fuck them and fuck their rights. And that's why we had defense attorneys. In the past, I was like so, like I can't, I was so anti-defense attorney. I couldn't imagine being a defense attorney. I couldn't imagine like trying to defend somebody who did something unspeakable or atrocious, such as this guy. But at the same time, like they're necessary. They play such a vital function in our justice system and i, I don't know man like it, it kind of again I, i'm appreciative I, i'm torn because i'm appreciative that they realized what the serious situation was and they took steps to try to like make sure he didn't just leave i guess we'll find out next episode how that turns out but at the same time i mean that's your client but you're not supposed to you're not supposed to fuck your client like that yeah but they didn't they didn't necessarily fuck him because the cops were like, we don't have any reason to stop him, and he got away. So technically, I guess they didn't fuck well, we, him. Well, we don't know. I mean, we don't know, right? We don't know because the, the episode kind of ends. And then the other thing I was thinking during this, and I, again, he's, I mean, spoiler alert, John Wayne Gacy's dead if you aren't aware. So I guess, you know, he's dead, so what does it matter? But at the same time, it's like, can you imagine a defense attorney being like, yeah, I can just talk about whatever. I mean, to be clear, the beginning of this, Documentary starts out with saying that the recordings you hear of John Wayne Gacy, who's given his account of his life and everything that's going on, these are tapes that he made with his defense team that were leaked that by a family member of somebody on his defense team. These tapes had, had never been released publicly prior, and it sounds like they probably didn't have permission to, to release them. Um, you know, so it's like, again... It's John Wayne Gacy, so fuck him, right? I mean, yeah. who cares? He's a piece, piece of shit. But on principle, it's kind of it's terrible. On principle, it's good as entertainment. It's good because fuck John Wayne Gacy. But from a principle standpoint, it's crazy that a defense attorney's family member <laughs> took these tapes and released them publicly. And this this is privileged information. This is a privileged conversation. This isn't meant for the whole world. I mean, again, I'm not, I'm glad, I'm glad we're listening to it because it's very entertaining, but um, I just thought it was very interesting. It's just a weird, we get a weird justice system, man. I'm, I'm just convinced that you're a, a fan of serial killers now. No, this whole, no, I'm not. This, this whole episode has been you defending these serial killers and I'm uncomfortable. I feel like it's Listen. important that I say that now that I'm, uh, I'm uncomfortable with the way this conversation has gone. I'm upset that uh, <laughs> that this keeps happening, and I'm. Maybe it keeps. Oh, it doesn't keep happening. How's it keep happening? I'm just. Uh, just we're talking about this is the one. I, I I just feel like you to spend a lot of time defending serial killers. No, I don't. Uh, spend a lot of time defending serial killers. Regular everyday conversations. You're always like, man, that serial killer got really boned by the justice system, <laughs> and I'm like, he killed 38 people, and you're like, well. Still, man, it's not right. I just well, feel like uh, no, 
No, listen, but that's what about the victims, Kay? What about the victims? Of course. You're of so course. you're so happy go lucky to defend the serial killers. You never think about the victims, do you? No, of course. You have to think about the victims. The problem is you have to think about when you're looking at these all these documentaries are talking about extreme cases of things, right? You have to think about the average everyday, how this applies to average everyday. In order to protect innocent people, it's important that our government does follow the rules. So anytime these documentaries where it's I feel like people are getting a pat on the back for bending them or breaking them, like, yeah, we appreciate the outcome, but does the ends justify the means? I, you know, I, I know your mom and dad, I know you like your childhood wasn't that bad. So I just wonder what made you love serial killers so much. I don't love serial killers. I love, <laughs> I love, I'm an American and I love rights. I love our rights. The rights, especially used by serial killers. <laughs> anyway. So that was the episode. Uh, follow up. Uh, K. Love serial killers. That's no, that's my no, that's no, my takeaway no. from tonight. Is no, that Kay no, no. loves the serial killers, no, and uh, no. you just really don't know somebody until you start having these conversations. So it's important because I I mean I've known Kay for for twenty five years now. I didn't know he felt this way. So <laughs> it's important that you talk to your friends so you can identify these sick people before you start oh, doing a podcast God. with them. And then you're just, you're stuck. They're permanently a part of your life. You can't get rid of them. Listen, I'm not defending serial killers. I don't love serial killers. That's I mean, not true. Listen, if that's what if that's what you have, you say, I I can't help but believe you. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, as long as I don't consider the facts. So, <laughs> what did you think of this episode? I uh, I listen. I thought it was very compelling. Uh, I genuinely, and I don't have a weak stomach, but uh, I genuinely was so disgusted by this this whole thing. Like, I just, everything I was hearing about this guy made me so grossed out and just made me so sick to my stomach just thinking about it. I, I don't know if I'm getting soft in my old age or what the deal is, but I was just thoroughly disgusted by the whole thing. Again, it's, we've talked about this in the past. It's It's hard to call these kinds of, documentaries entertaining because yeah. it's not entertaining i mean it is but it's not in the same way that like a, a regular movie or tv show is so it's it's intriguing it is very interesting i think that this ep- first episode was done very well i think that the information was laid out very well luckily a lot of the people who or apparently it seems a lot of the people that were involved with the actual investigation and, and people that were involved in some of these incidents were still alive and able to kind of tell it, how it happened, you know, from their perspective and things they saw and did. So that's cool. And yeah, I mean, I I do agree though. I mean, it's a hard, it it is kind of a hard, and it's not kind of, it is, it's a hard watch and the details are gross. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, listen, I'm not, as much as we joke around, let me be very clear. John Wayne Gacy was a disgusting human being. He's a fucking animal. And yeah. um, and the world's a better place without him. But, yeah, 100%. Uh, we, yeah. we joke, uh, but that's just because it is a horrible topic and facing the reality of it is just impossible to do. <laughs> so yeah. that's, how we, that's why we joke, guys. Uh, you know, one thing that struck me is how much of a fucking meatball John Wayne Casey sounded like. Like, you could just close your eyes, listen to his voice. You could tell that motherfucker from Chicago. 
I mean, there's just yeah. no, yeah. there's just no that doubt. <laughs> <laughs> what a, what a fucking meatball, right? Yeah, that dude, that dude had a hardcore Chicago accent. Uh, yeah, there was no question at all where he was from. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, that was that was one thing that did keep kind of cracking me up is uh, his his thick ass Chicago accent. Just, but yeah, it's uh, I I enjoyed it. It was informative and entertaining as well as entertaining as these subjects can be. It was as, as a as a just as a human being, I was gonna say as a father, but like just as a human being in general, it is a hard fucking thing to watch and realize that like people like this just there are predators out there that just their only way they are happy is if they're hurting other people. And it's is a scary fucking thing to realize. Yeah, I guess to me, like, and I'm sure I'll get more into it uh, in the following two episodes. I guess what I'm most interested in is like, I hope they go into why, I guess, in a way, because listen, there are just evil people out there um, that kill for sport or or whatever. But I mean, I, I think in the large majority of these cases, there's some kind of like mental illness or something on board. Again, doesn't excuse his behavior, doesn't excuse his actions, but maybe to explain some of it. Um, so I'm interested to see, like, if they get into any of that, like, what they think made him tick and why he was the way he was. You know, um, yeah, a rational human with a normally functioning brain doesn't behave this way. You yeah, know, that's just that's and just facts. I, I mean, we've all we've I think we've had this conversation about nature versus nurture before, mm-hmm. but it's just I, I think it's just some people are just fucking born broken and it does not get better. Mm-hmm. But uh, that is just my uh, callous opinion based on life. So, uh, yeah, that that is our episode. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, We're going to do the next two episodes of this documentary if it doesn't give me an ulcer. And we appreciate you listening. Please tell your friends, your coworkers, wife, kid, whatever. I don't care. I mean, your kid probably shouldn't listen to us talk. But if they do, well, you're a shitty parent. That's not my fault. Tell the, tell the regional manager of the KFC in your area. Let him. Anyways, I'm Matt. I'm Special K. Later. And we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>